FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. Less, less than normal enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cold day. It's like uh, my That's snick. Right. My snick has trouble coming out. Uh oh, there's a pill for that. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So of course I am your host Jason Venable, and I'm joined once again by the world famous Excaliburs, Georgie and Dan. <laughs> hey guys. We're hey. not just world famous. We're multiverse famous. Uh, that's right. I'm sorry. Get it right. I did not mean to shortchange you. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this episode goes all the way up to 11. Mm. <laughs> Uncanny 11, that is. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a giant book that we'll talk about. And then we'll also kind of dive a little bit into Age of X-Men. So... Yay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, spoiler, but I, I feel like Age of X-Men, no matter how we feel, can't be any worse than Disassembled, so. Yes. Taunt I, it. I, I win. <laughs> don't, don't taunt it like that, Georgie. Don't taunt it. <laughs> oh, already with the name calling. Wow. That must have been quite an episode y'all just wrapped on. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, Galbros are at each other's throats. The claws are out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very good. Well, we will start off with this ginormous $8 comic book. I don't. They should have just made it $11. They should have just said, Uncanny 11. <laughs> we dialed this up all the way to 11. There's 1,100 pages for $11. That's what, that's what they should have done. 1,100 pages? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe just 11 pages. Or, or uh, one page with 11 panels. And only 11 people would buy it. So. <laughs> that price. Yes. So... This is continue, or I guess the next chapter after the the ten issue prologue, um, <laughs> or you know the ten issue commercial for another event. Right, right. But this is only one writer. Matthew Rosenberg is flying solo, so there'll be no more guessing who wrote what. Um, this is all him. Um, the main story is art by Salvador Larocca, making his return to the X books with colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. There's two other stories that are those kind of things that are popular across multiple pieces of media right now, where you tell the same story but from a different perspective with different details. One of those is Wolverine Returns. Uh, This one, the art is John McRae, with colors by Mike Spicer. And then there's the last blindfold story with art by Juanan Ramirez and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. I just remembered what this is all about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have these two backup stories that justify the price tag. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 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 Well, let's talk about the cover, because we haven't had Waroka on an X-Book in a while. We had this cover with Cyclops in one of his uniforms. Um, 
I guess that's the uh, that's the Kieran Gillen era uniform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the I think it's like Whedon as well. Yes, yes, yes. He is starting run. Yeah, yep, totally. And so he's in the rubble of the Xavier Institute, and and the rubble is falling through his hands like sand in an hourglass, and. Behind him are the memories of the 90s X-Men. Um, complete with Nightcrawler, who was not really in 90s X-Men. But um, <laughs> he's, he's in Scott's memory anyway. He, he holds the, the fuzzy elf near and dear to his heart. Um, I'm being very snarky. I actually don't hate this cover. It's not bad. What do you guys think? It represents my emotional um, state when thinking about disassembled. Yeah. Um, and state of the Xbox, so it captures that. It also kind of <laughs> captures the idea of like the new guard that just took over, who have seen the state of how progressive the Xbox have become, and just want to destroy that and have it run through their hands with glee as their memories flow back from behind them. Um, it's okay. <laughs> yes, a very meta-textual cover, according to the podcast that goes nicked, which I I'm totally fine with that. Um. All right, so remember at the end of Uncanny X-Men number 10, there was a little panel with a guy in a hoodie and red sunglasses that was definitely, quote-unquote, parentheses, maybe not, but definitely Cyclops. And here he's going back to the rubble of, I guess this is actually the Central Park uh, X-Base that's been destroyed since the end of Uncanny X-Men when the... uh, the vaccine was released, or is being released and legislated, and I guess everyone just went nuts and tore all the mutant stuff down to the ground. Um, yeah. So only in Trump's America, I guess. Um, but um, basically, yeah. And then he also had some memory of being punched in the face by somebody. I don't really know what that one is. And then there's a cool Worthington like tower with like a X Men statue, which I don't remember seeing, but that. I want a more story about that. Um, we don't get that. Um, <laughs> we do have a guy uh, spray painting the statue, and he has bad grammar, bad spelling, like most young hooligans who spray paint stuff. <laughs> he probably has a skateboard, too. What a little brat. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, anyway, they're like, oh, who are you? And he's like, Cyclops is dead with his best Sith hoodie. Um then they go to Harry's hideaway where someone that doesn't look at all like Cyclops is wearing his glasses and going over his files. Um, <laughs> and then um, he sees a girl being harassed outside. I don't, I couldn't tell if he knew who it was at first or if he's just like, hey, I'm going to protect anybody, which does sound more like Cyclops. So I'm going to go with that. Um, so he goes outside, interferes, does not use his powers. Just kind of kicks butt. I actually thought that part was kind of cool. Um, and then um, he finds someone, finds out his blindfold. Then he goes to see Ben Urich and says, Have I got a story for you? And then he goes up on a roof and gets drunk and shoots bottles. And multiple man finds him. Uh, then he goes down to the sewer and bickers with Chamber. And then he goes to a rally about the vaccine. And he kind of gets beat up for being a muni lover and he's like no I'm actually a muni and he shoots people with his eye beam including Captain America and then he gives a spiel to the camera and says hey 
we mutants got to stick together. If you want to find me, come find me where it all started. Which, obviously, would be a call-out to, to... Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, the X-Men are allegedly dead. Of course, we know where they are, but, but as far as Cyclops and the rest of the world knows, they're dead. So he's trying to find any straggler mutants and kind of, I guess, be their shepherd or protect them. But, of course, obviously, he, and I think he knew this, the bad guys show up to... And then we actually get... All right, so let's, let's stop there, because... My tone is going to change in a minute. So, <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think of the story up to this point, and, and the art and all that? Um, so um, I discussed this with Georgie a little bit, and the concept of um, a Cyclops living in a world where the X Men have died, and he is finding his footing and trying to reestablish sort of a safe haven is a really good hook and yes, the book has a, the book has a really good hook in the sense of its story its execution has a little misstep a lot of misstep um yeah. in places i think having a scene where he's wasted shooting into the sky with Matt so madrox can just be rosenberg talking to cyclops um <laughs> was, was maybe a little heavy-handed here uh, th- there's one moment which I do want to talk about, which I think is is handled horribly, and I think that's the thing that everyone has been talking about, which is about blindfold in, in general. Um, mm. We maybe talk about that later. Um, I think the, the the talk between him and Scott does feel like a sequel to the talk between him and Scott in AVX, which was a sequel to him talking to Scott in like. Hate House of M, um, but it, it's it's always the same thing where um, Captain America is always the better man, even though now he's defending fascists in a rally, which goes against everything that Tanishi Coates is doing in right. this run. Right, right. Oh, yeah, let's, those dots let's not, not talk about all, continu- but... let's, not, let's not talk about any continuity here. Let's right. not talk about a better book. <laughs> yeah. and, and hey, I think that but... I think I was really grossly misrepresented. I think that entire sequence of of him being beaten up in the rally, um, and oh my goodness, we understand Rosenberg is living. You guys are living in in a nightmare world with um, like an onion orange man um, in charge, and I live in a, a country that decides that they want to jump off a cliff. So we all live in a horrible thing at the moment, and we understand that he Rosenberg's ability to. Um, writer's metaphor or writer's analogy is is like being hit in the face with several sledgehammers yes it's, it's, it's not but that that's it's fine it's fine that he's doing that but it is so heavy-handed and so sort of and it's it's almost ironic that i was dragged by the writer for pointing out that it was an edgy book before i even opened it because it's a fucking edgy book like it's full on it's full on like it's full on emo uh, at a pack at the disco concert. Um, the, 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 the talk to, 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 to Jono um, disregards all of John, Jono's uh, characterization since he was introduced in the 90s. Um, just so they can have someone say no to Cyclops in the sewers, which Callisto could have easily done herself. Right. Um, it just feels... I like the hook. I like the end of it, which you're about to talk about, Jason. Which yeah, I think yeah. I'm, I'm on the same page as you, where I got bet- it got better 
this story. Yeah. But I think the journey disregards what how special that hook could have been. And it's so heavy handed and heavy done that it's just it's just too much. Maybe he thought that because it's like a hundred pounds or whatever it was, however much it was, <laughs> maybe he had to like really make it obvious that people hate mutants now and that they can't wait to salt the earth of their school. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah. but visually, visually, however, in con- how like it, it is very not Laroca, or not Laroca is prime, um, but there are imagery that really is uh, evocative of um, like the morning that Cyclops is going through. Uh, the use of snow is just brilliant, and the use of color is really well done. Yes. Um, apart from the use of red in a specific panel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which was really bad taste. Um, but, like, that works. But I think LaRocca, much like you said, LaRocca doesn't know how or what Cyclops looks like um, throughout most of it. Because he does morph often to different ages, which we've just read an, <laughs> ex- we- we've just read an Exile book, which happened- that happens the exact same thing happens to Cyclops. Maybe people just can't do Cyclops. But I think, on top of that, I think uh, LaRocca was so concerned on getting spoilers the Clory one right that he wasn't bothered about getting the rest of the book right like the action had to and even the action's not too great but I feel like he there were certain choices that were made um, and it isn't clear if it's blindfold because uh, the girl looks totally different physically from being beaten up to just sitting near him um, so I, yeah it's, it's very inconsistent I just went on a massive tangent I apologise no, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I would point out the part I did like about the Captain America exchange. It started on a kind of interesting foot where, you know, Cyclops blasts him in the shield. And then like, Cap's response is to hand him his glasses and be like, hey, you dropped these. I thought that was a really cool moment. And then it just goes into cardboard. <laughs> um, yes. Like you said, just a diatribe between the two. This Ben been done i feel like scott while wrestling with emotions he kind of seems to outburst out of nowhere at the end of that conversation um you know because i I understand that he's not appreciative of steve trying to to heavy-handedly de-escalate him and i understand why he would get defensive but to go from hey we're talking to screw you rogers is, is a little abrupt even for an emotionally tumultuous person as, as Cyclops would obviously be right now I mean just coming back from the dead we have the whole I've got younger me's memories from the future or present um, you know all that stuff that is not really mentioned but I guess we and we're supposed to understand is going on um, so yeah Georgie why don't I think we Dan and I don't want to don't want to push you out what do you got to yeah I mean I'm not a big fan of the artwork in this book as, as Dan mentioned it's, it's it feels like edgy and violent for violence sake um, I mean, you guys hit on a lot of the points. I, I think what I would like to bring up is Cap should be more understanding of what Cyclops is going through because Cap is going through the exact same thing. He was mm-hmm. like, uh, no matter how we might feel uh, as readers, Cyclops became sort of uh, an evil character uh, within within the world and sort of died doing some you know bad things, and now he's back. Well, you know what? Cap became a Nazi for a while 
and then yeah. came back and now he's trying to like <laughs> fix his reputation so they're kind of in the same boat they really should be yeah. like hey i understand what you're going through we can work together to like fix this but i i don't feel like the writer understands what's going on in the cat book at all or who that character is so it's it's kind of disappointing because they could actually team up here to try and fix things now I want that book. I just want a book with Cyclops and Captain America running around and just fighting the good fight together. Um, that'd be that'd be a great book. Um, so why wouldn't why wouldn't they help? And and how was how have we got to the point where um, like Cyclops is right in Age of X and Age of X. He ended up being right, and Cap kind of conceded that point in other issues written by better people. Um, but like, why have we got to the point where the Avengers have lifted? Like not even a finger to save any mutant. It's like from from the look of this comic and what we see later on, it's so bleak that people are literally just being shot left, right, and centre if they just smile differently. And how how have our so-called heroes not even bothered? Like, and how is this not reflected in every other comic book? Because this is horrendous. Right. right. This is a massive, a massive human social crisis on a global scale and I know they want to go back to kind of the roots of the X-Men being kind of isolated but you cannot isolate something like that in current Marvel it's just not possible right um because if you do that you make all the other heroes on the planet look like assholes and (laughs) and it's just it doesn't it doesn't work like the Fantastic Four should be stepping in the Avengers like this is a a global like you always talk about like you know the the x-men kind of representing or you know being an- analogies for real events and obviously you can't have or it's not always very easy to, to write well like our superheroes stepping in and preventing real life crises because then that just makes these fact that it doesn't happen in real life even more depressing so you use analogies but i mean what they're basically saying is that if we really had these heroes in our real life, they would just look at the world as it is and be like, oh, well. <laughs> like, I guess I guess everyone's going to hell in a handbasket and we're just going to watch. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense as well. Like, um, it, like I understand the hook, the hook is the rest of the surviving X characters, obviously dispar- dis- like, sort of dispersed into the ether because there was no leadership structure. Right. Um, well, that's and... a good idea too, I think. Right. That, that's a great. That's a great hook. But like, then you hear what Chamber is saying, and you kind of think to yourself, well, I, "I get you're protecting the Morlocks, and that obviously something happened in the, in the Morlock tunnels." But like, why are you not creating like a resist? Like, why are you not using all of your connections with every other mutant on the planet? Why have you all just separated? That doesn't seem like the people who truly believed in the dream um, have just fucked off. <laughs> basically it's like, it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem right like our heroes don't seem like heroes at all and our x-men don't right. seem like they give a shit um but oh well yeah all the story yeah so before we get to this next part i'm assuming no we've never seen it i'm assuming that cyclops superman shaves i mean he shaves his beard with his optic blast right <laughs> sure well 
I mean, that that gets into a whole other thing. But oh, all right, the whole argument on whether it's concussive or I, yeah, okay, right, right, exactly. <laughs> like he he tries to shave and he just knocks it's himself not unconscious. Loser eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right, <laughs> he just gives himself a concussion. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so I think the book takes a turn here in every possible way. I think the art gets better. I think the story gets more concise and better. Um, so here Cyclops goes to the old X mansion and different ragtag bad guys show up and Cyclops is ready to make a stand. But then we get the he ain't alone and a really cool snicked and Wolverine, or I guess Logan jumping out of the tree and he and Cyclops fighting together is a great scene. The double page spread other than the fact that it looks like Cyclops' optic blast is coming from behind his head. Yeah, like from his ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than that, a pretty good double-page spread. And I think the art on the page with the, like, stepstone red panels, I think that is a great page. I think it looks amazing. Um, and I was really into it. And then I really like the part where they... They say, Logan, swim, and they stare at each other. And the cool thing about comics here is you can make that whatever you want. That can be like a split second, and then Logan says, all right, we caught up. <laughs> or that can be like three minutes of right. them just staring <laughs> at each other. And it works either way with the characters. And I don't know, the idea of here are two guys that were not, they were dead. They weren't part of the X-Men. They both come back to this kind of, Nightmare Mutant World, and I understand a little bit of it is pandering, right? To bring Cyclops and Wolverine back together, but at the same time, like, this part kind of is, it gets me going. It's a little bit exciting to see Cyclops and Wolverine kind of barely, reluctantly teaming up <laughs> because they know they got to get this stuff sorted out. And I don't know where it's going to go from here, but I feel like there's a lot of potential. And I feel like these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like ten pages are by far the best ten pages of this of this book. Like, I'm with you. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's a more of the book which shits on that. And yes. So it's like... Yeah. Uh, right. I kind of but... right. So who if wants to not, if, if if the comic ended with is it Wolverine's like let's go, right? I've got work to do because I'm the cool one and we're gonna do it like the nineties comic. <laughs> uh, um, so I get to say the cool line, right? Let's <laughs> be moody. Right. If it ended there, I'd be totally like right, okay, that was great. Like I genuinely don't like I like the, the stare together. And I didn't even think to myself that they could be staring to each other for like three minutes, three hours, two days whatever right. um that actually has brought so much pleasure to me the idea that they would just been stood there for like a week looking at each other <laughs> um, like, there's, there's, like, there's an awkward blind. sigh every once in a while right. <laughs> no one wants to move no one wants to give in first are you, are um, you uh, i'm sorry do you uh, 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 never mind we'll just we'll just we'll just we'll just stare <laughs> but like i really enjoyed that sequence as well to be fair did you're right, it does have like a childish sort of nostalgia pangs of like, oh, they're together, and the whole he's not alone, snicked, is kind of like a good Wolverine moment, as opposed to the the, the bad ones. And right. um, 
But then the issue carries on. And does it? <laughs> it kind of re carries on in the background of, of this story in other ways. Right. I just I think the, the, the emotional and the, the the narrative thrust of what we're about to talk about, which is the Wolverine part, um, kind of like takes out the sort of simple honesty of Wolverine turning up right. because of like Cyclops saying right. to right. the camera. Exactly. It takes that away from him. And it makes Wolverine this reluctant nanny. And then it takes away the urgency of Cyclops as a character and what he's doing. And it, it's, it's, it's too it's, many it makes, layers that aren't needed. Yeah, it makes it convoluted rather than complicated. Right. Um, which I think so, the, the aim. Yeah. So can I, you think I can send these, these two stories back and get like five bucks back? If only. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I don't know. I I will let you guys talk about whatever you want to talk about. I really am not that interested other than saying I think the art is not great either on uh-huh. these two backups. Yeah. Um, it is a lot of talking that kind of seems just for talking's sake. Um, and it does. It adds a lot of layers to the story. It does not add anything of importance to the story. Um, yeah, it's just kind of it's a lot of noise. I feel yeah, like yeah, it takes away a lot, and I feel like it's a disservice to um, the the last one, the blindfold story, where they murder another child, and then um, oh, have this sort yeah. of. I think um, if you're going to do suicide, uh, don't just do it, and then the day after it's released, post post on your Facebook some like numbers just in case. It's upset someone. I think you do not have a, a panel, a page, which is two giant... Like one panel that is red with blood, which some people... Kulbya uh, from um, Intercomics was, didn't really... It took him a while to click that that's actually a suicide. Because um, right. it wasn't... It's not very clear. Right. Until, until you read the backup story. I feel... It, that's my only massive issue with, with with what we saw is no matter what she saw in the future um, or how she was going to die and uh, however you're trying to make that seem like a, a beautiful weird metaphor at the end I, I think you need tact to deal with a subject and I think having this really shock value edgy panel where Cyclops goes in, in the first part of the story where Cyclops goes and sees her in the bathtub and then you have to backpedal it all in your backup story and then you have to explain yourself afterwards when the stories come out. I feel like you need to realise you've done it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> make make and a I different think, choice. Yeah, I think and, and killing off more kids um, and women. <sighs> um, it just seems like I don't know I know that they want to sweep a lot of the because um, the the X office really do have a hard on for killing anyone that was released in that like sort of Academy X era, um, right. and I know that they don't like any new mutant that could possibly consider that the our, our favorite X Men are aged in any way, shape, or form. But <laughs> to cons- consistently kill them, or or, or, or cripple them, or um, put them on tables or make them martyrs or um, the giver of AIDS. I don't know. Whatever they're doing to ruin each one of them. Um, I think they need to stop. 
Um, it's like they heard, oh, you guys are ignoring all these characters. Like, they're not in any of the books. What happened? Like, oh, well, I guess people don't want us to ignore them, but I don't want to use them. Can we just kill them? Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everybody's yeah. happy now, right? That's what you asked for, right? Right. Because, <laughs> like, cause like, um, like, I wouldn't even com- consider myself a blindfold or uh, is it Loa that was killed in her story? Like, a big fan of those characters. But both of those right. characters are interesting in their own way. Because, like, if I remember correctly, Loa was, like, Namor's sort of best friend at one point and um, was on a Defenders team. And I was just like, so you're just going to kill. And, like, they they overaged, is it Velocidad? Um... The, the speedster that Gillen created. Oh, so, I, I forgot. I couldn't even remember who that was. I actually yeah. was going to ask you guys, but then I forgot I cared. <laughs> um, that's, that's the thing. I just, to me, like, it's not a massive thing for me to like for them to have been killed, but it's just the way it's been done. Seems right. to be. It doesn't yeah. feel like there's any point to it. That's that's my problem. Yes. Like you brought her in, then to kill her because why? It's it's not clear, and it just feels like. You know, the first half of this book is a lot of, like, vicious, like, violence porn. And, and then there's just like, well, what else works in that theme? Well, we could kill, like, a woman in the bathtub for, for no reason because, just because vagueness. Like, I don't understand. It, it doesn't serve the story. It doesn't serve the character. It doesn't, it just makes me feel like you've got another minority character that you didn't know what to do with so in order to make them important you made them the death in the story so i don't i don't know you know jason these these the first story the second half has uh, the better pages but both of these backups are pointless they detract from any goodwill earned in the first half of the book um and i just yeah. i don't they make me really upset, and I don't want to talk about them if we don't have to. <laughs> All right, then let's, let's move on then. So I, the only other point I want to make, and I was happy that LaRocca or Rosenberg, whoever, uh, completely ignored Hot Claws in the first story. Mm-hmm. And then these other two artists color the claws with as they, they go from white to red even before they get bloody. So they're definitely... Embracing the the red lobster hot claws, so I was I was happy that Laroka just kind of said nah, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah. So is that story, is that story still going on? Are we still having sure? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, I think number five comes out in a couple of weeks. I think. Fucking hell! Um, <laughs> right. And then we get Infinity Guard or Infinity Logan Infinity Watch. Which I think the first part of that might come out next week, so it comes out before return. Yeah, don't even get me started on the uh, Marvels. We're just gonna release shit like we have diarrhea and not worry about what order it comes in. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So, so obviously a lot, a very very wide scale of quality. Not only. In the first story, but then then the backups taken away as well. What? Someone want to take a stab at, at, at rating this whole package? <laughs> um, two. 
out of six. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm I'm there as well. If it was just the backups, I would give these zeros. But um, the second half of the first story had some elements, and there is a nice hook. So I'll I'll give it two. Right, so I'm I'm going to mostly agree with you guys. I, I did my math a little bit different, <laughs> so I broke this into four parts. Okay. Um, I gave the first half of the first story three. I gave the second half of the first story five, and I gave the backups. Two, well, see, no, maybe I want to give those one. So, <laughs> no, five plus two is seven. Divide, yeah, like two and a half. Okay, yeah, two, two out of six. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna round up three, but I'm not. Um, I mean, to be fair, I really that's if I felt confident. This book going forward was going to be more like the second half of that first story. I would actually have a small twinge of like anticipation. Um, the unfortunate circumstance is I don't. I have zero confidence <laughs> that this series. And I please understand. I'm a huge X-Men fan. I love Wolverine. I like. I think human Cyclops relationship, as antagonistic as it is, is is an important one. And one I enjoy reading is they kind of, they know they need to work together, but they don't want to, and, you know, they don't really like each other, but they have a common goal. I, I really like the dynamic of that. So I want for this book to be good. I just don't know if I believe that it will be. And I, I 100% hope I'm wrong. I hope number 12 comes out, and I'm like, okay, and I, I eat my crow, and, and I'll be happy to. I just, I don't think I'm, I just, I don't think it's going to turn out that way, unfortunately. Um, so, Yeah. I mean, I think there was a, a twinge of a really good story here and potential good setup. I I hate to rag distinctly on creators. I just kind of makes me wonder if someone else was writing and drawing this, what could we have gotten? Um, but I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uncanny eleven. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, next we're going to talk about oh, Sorry, I don't want to cut you guys off Anything else you guys want to add? Are we good to move on? Let's go for it Yeah, on. let's move on, man right. Cool, so Age of X-Men Alpha Is uh, Written by Zach Thompson and Ronnie Nadler uh, Art by Ramon Rosanis Colors by Triona Farrell Which I've been seeing her colors a lot lately I like her um, Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles and the cover by Phil Noto. And the cover is your standard group shot. Seems like a little bit of a... It's, it's fine. And mm -hmm. just... After you... I think particularly... And this, I think, Georgie, you and I talked about this with Daredevil a little bit. After seeing Noto's work on Black Widow, seeing him doing more standard stuff is always a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. And, and this is just very standard team shot that seems like anybody can do so if you're going to pull, pull Noto in have him do something really interesting but anyway it's, it's no, there's nothing wrong with it by any stretch it's just it's just kind of boring <laughs> yeah um, I, don't, I don't know if like the camera angle of this really helps in any way either no no and the, and the circular kind of kind of fisheye feel to it yeah, as well I don't know if that helps so, all right. So let's all remember fondly um, Uncanny X Men 1 through 10. 
and at the end, Jesus X um, sends all the X-Men away to an alternate world where mutants have a euphoria, but it's a very... So basically, this first issue is a a swim story that points you in the directions of all the, the miniseries. Um, and then also sets up this... I know I'm going to sound like a really old man here, and so I apologize. But this feels so like YA fiction. Um, mm-hmm. Like just in the way it handles kind of utopia and kind of the, oh, here's our, our people who are who are secretly fighting against it. And there's, I'm not, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just, it has a very distinct, um, oh, just all those, all those novels that have been adapted to movies in the last five or six years that all kind of have a similar feel. This kind of has that same. It's 1984, but written by 13 year old. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we see our marvelous X-Men. They go do some stuff. So there's no fights to fight anymore. They actually get to do like humanitarian stuff. And that part was kind of cool. Um, we see Glob and he say, looks at us and we zoom on, zoom in on his eyeball and they tell us what book to read them in. Um, so there's a part where Bishop has um, illegal romantic thoughts about Jean Grey, and then they, they, they kiss a little bit. And so she doesn't... Uh, I guess they do more than kiss. But anyway, uh, she doesn't get mind wide, but he gets excommunicated. We find out the Nightcrawler is a movie star, which I thought was cool, because, um, you know... You know, always in the old Claremont days had dreams of being like Errol Flynn. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Um, so Bishop as James Bond is not bad. And I like the visual look of the extremist. But we see, we're going to see their book. There's going to be a book with Bishop as a prisoner. So lots of, of story as set up as Bishop gets like turned into blue and white dots. And then gets replaced unceremoniously, including in the team painting by Laura. And then she comes in, and they got stuff they're going to do. They get a pamphlet for Apocalypse, who is preaching love. Yeah, so what I like to point out is, remember, this was his third infraction. Uh, so now he's getting erased, and, and that'll... Oh, right, right, okay. That'll be useful to remember in, in a later issue we talk about. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, but, yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know. Right. So, <laughs> I have, I have, I have one. Um, like so. Um, visually, the the, the marvelous. I love the the title "Marvelous X Men" because um, it feels very vaudeville, um, and they all do look like they're about to do a show and dance. Um, right. But I really don't understand Storm's look. I find it weird that, like, I know they lean heavily sometimes into her African roots, but like everyone else is like a. A sort of uniform, but then you've got like Jean has been de-aged, has she, to be like a lolly? It feels that so, way. Um, visually though, there were some really nice panels. Um, in this yeah, color, no, color no, was fine. I love the colors. I love the colors. The colors just jump. The pages just jump, jump, to, jump out at you. Um, but it is just like a brochure, isn't it? Like a pamphlet. Like um, like you've just got like um. I often get things through the post um, from the local supermarket, which is like, come to this supermarket because there's this meat you might like. And it feels kind of just like that, like an extended advert. And we've seen 
maybe I'm just jaded, or maybe the maybe much like you, Jason. There's just been too much um, fiction about utopian society that isn't utopian, and maybe equilibrium <laughs> is in my head because Jason, oh, yeah. um, Georgie told me about reminded me about equilibrium. Like I'm just like, do I care? Is this enough to make? Me, well, I kept reading it, thinking to myself, is this enough to make me actually go and read the rest? Because that's the whole point of, of this first issue, is to set up the story and make me go read the rest. And I was like, there are elements that are interesting. Um, I think Cyclops, uh, Cyclops, Psylocke's um, team could be fun. I am totally down for Nightcrawler being a movie star. Um, yeah. But I, I do think the overall sort of moving... There is, there is no sense of an overall moving plot. Other than X Man, X Man's creepy like like Xavier and just controls everyone. Right. Um, He's a creepy Xavier who's also like an incel and doesn't like uh, understand emotions or want people to be able to have romantic interactions because he can't. It's it's really kind yeah. of odd and awful. And uh, you know, I, I I echo your thoughts on the artwork. I think the colors are great. Uh, I think even the pencil work is it invokes that like fantasy. You know, America, yeah. 1950s, that actually never really existed except on TV. But um, they also are really devoid of any emotion in, in, like, in the faces. It just feels very sort of blank. So, I, you know, I, the strong part Is for that me, on purpose, though? Do you think it's on purpose, or do you think that's artistic no, I feel like inability? On, I feel like it was on purpose, because a lot of the panels, but some of the panels where they're supposed to be sort of terrified of something that's happening... Or <laughs> upset. They don't. They also don't seem to. Right. So I have I have problems with that, but you know, artwork is the strongest part of this book. Um, uh, it, yeah. If I had to describe it, I'd call it rudderless. Yeah. Like the whole thing. It's Where like a showboat that has no rudder. It's mm-hmm. just going down the river, and you you look at it, and you might want to go save whoever's on it, but you're not really sure if you can be bothered to go in the river. Right. But all that said, this is still better than the first ten issues of Uncanny, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. I, I think it's a fine setup. I'm some tired tropes, but the art popped enough, and there were enough decent little conversation things. Um, and I thought this was just very okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so I, I gave it three out of six claws, just kind of middle of the road. I To answer your question, Dan, if, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I would probably still read these, but I can't say 100% that I would. I think there'd be ones that I'd look at, but right. I don't think I'd pick up every single one because <laughs> it told me to. Yeah. Right. If I was 14, I might be like, yeah, I got to get this all. But at my age, I'm like, I, I'm not really, you know, if, if one of them stands out to me, then I'd, I'd go for it. But I wouldn't necessarily dive all into this. Right. All right. Well, speaking of our tie-ins, Georgie, uh, Marvelous X-Men is first. What happens in this one? Yeah, Marvelous X-Men. Uh, age of X-Men. Uh, no, Marvelous Marvelous X-Men. What a, what a title. Um, right. Uh, issue number one, I was, I gotta say, I was sort of, after reading the alpha, I was like, okay, if they keep that art team, this could be kind of interesting, and they don't, so obviously this nope. isn't as interesting, but they have uh, writers Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler, artist Marco Fila, 
color artist Matt Miller, letter Joe's uh, this is Joe Caramanga, cover artist Phil Noto, and this is once again kind of a standard team shot cover. I you know, the only thing that makes me wonder, and I didn't notice it in the alpha the first time I read, was like, oh, Colossus lost an arm. How did that happen? Right. Yeah, and they haven't talked about it yet, so no. we'll see, I guess. Uh, so this sort of continues in almost like parallel with the alpha, where they're all just like, all the X-Men are peacefully enjoying their existence in their own separate houses. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I looking at the... Yeah, this is the right issue. Um... And Mr. Incel is, is sort of explaining about how he's recrafted the world so that there's no emotions or personal uh, relationships. Uh, there's a crisis, and they argue, and people go to help. And, uh, uh, you know, I've never really read that much of Nature Girl, but it was kind of interesting to see her in her element here. So kind of like that as they go to put out a forest fire and there's uh, something's going on in the building so they're trying to save these mutant kids that are in the building we realize that all the babies are made uh sort of unnaturally in the, in like test tubes and laura realizes that wait a second she has a sister because someone's sort of speaking into her mind uh telepathically uh they, they save all these people but gene also sort of has a vision that hey there's there's more uh, then what's going on? Uh, Laura says that she has memories and that um, X-Men goes to talk to her about it. And she's like, why didn't you tell me about this before? And he's like, well, because we're not allowed to actually be people. Uh, and, and erases <laughs> erases her memory. Um, and uh, at the end, Jean's like, oh, there's people out there. They're called Ensebanur and Genesis and Kitty Pride to be continued in this other book that we're sort of, you know, marketing for. Um which I feel like is a, a problem all these books have. It's like, there's, we're doing this book, but also, don't forget about reading this book. Uh, so, so for me, I mean, the art was fine. The story was kind of blah. I mean, Zach Thompson writes with the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Like, you know exactly what's happening and where it's going to go. <laughs> like, I could tell you after reading Alpha how all these stories are going to turn out already. Um, right. So it's it's kind of disappointing in that way. There's no real reason to read it. Um, so for me, this is just sort of okay. I know I sort of like read through all this really quickly, but what did you guys think? Much like the I world. Do... Go ahead, Jason. No, I, I, I do like that kind of the de facto solution is just mind wiping. Uh, that made me, made me think back to like, Listening to old Danger Room episodes, they you know, Professor X just mind oh, yeah. wipes everybody <laughs> left and right. Um, so I thought it was fun that that's like the the systematic, um, I guess, response to everything that happens. Oh, mind wipe him! Oh, this guy thought something weird. Mind wipe him! Uh, uh, mind wipe! Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. Um, go ahead, Dan. I was just gonna say, much like the world, I feel like the book itself is sanitized. Um, it's really just there. It just like the art isn't bad. The, like it's not terrible, but it doesn't really evoke any kind of emotional state, which right. could be purposeful. The story is really simple, but doesn't have any kind of hook to it to um, make you go forward. Like Georgie said, you could probably guess everything's going to happen while you're reading it, so you could probably just read the first page, put it down, and you'd probably be alright with that. Um, 
and I just I, I generally feel like um, they I feel like <laughs> when you're reading it that the writers are sort of going fuck me this will be real cool we'll put this in oh this is a real cool idea we'll put this in and then yeah. they realise that they've just binged um, the Hunger Games uh, <laughs> and, and, and they're just you know, you know, like, hey, I'm telling you yeah yeah it is <laughs> It just, I don't know, it just feels like they're trying to make it these grand sweeping gestures of like, look at the school, look at this this monument to our dead friends. Oh, look, Hope died. And it's like, do, uh, do we care? Like, you don't seem to care. No one seems to care here in the book. So why do we, why should, listen, like, apart from Colossus losing an arm, um, and I did kind of like seeing them tackle a forest fire, to be fair. Um, yeah. That was kind of cute. Uh, it does, it, one, it's like a... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, well I, I would also... I, I mean, I would just give this three out of five. It was, it was fine, but it's not... Yeah. I've got no interest in necessarily continuing this. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, remind me, guys, because I don't remember... Um, so Nate Gray, is he, is he put the nail in the coffin of Age of Apocalypse? No. No? Okay. No, he used a shard, part of the Emcron crystal and stabbed it into Holocaust, and they were both uh, transported into the 616 universe in the final battle. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, the, the one that actually stopped it was, uh, Ilyana helped transport Bishop inside the Emcron crystal. He went back in time to when Legion accidentally killed Professor X and he, he jumped oh, in the way. So that's how that all ended. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay. Because, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if they're, like, intentionally leading us falsely, but it definitely seems like Apocalypse is going to be the person that unravels this universe. Right. Um, they were set up in Age of Apocalypse to be like that, the A and Z, like this collision was coming and it never really happened. Ah, okay, gotcha. Okay. All right, well, I'm right there with you guys. I think three out of six squaws is... There's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with this book, but there's nothing to really sink your teeth into either. Um, yeah, just kind of there. Yeah. Okay, well, next up, uh, Dan, why don't you take us through... Oh, speaking of next, uh, just made a seg- I took that segue and ruined it. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have next gen number one. Yes, the, the book that threatens to um, end a narrow age of X-Men. I feel like that's really quite threatening, like I'm being threatened by the book <laughs> to read it. Um, not to be confused with Generation Next, which is the Age of Apocalypse version of Generation X, um, next gen. Um, I think it is to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose, no, especially since they have Bacalo doing the cover. Yes. Right. All right, so written by Ed Brisson, the artist uh, Marcus Toe, color artist Jason Keefe, letter is VCs Clayton Cowles, and um, our cover artist is obviously Chris Bacalo, and we have a group of de aged and up aged and everyone's the same age students um you know i actually really like this one cover i adore this one cover it's got chickens and let's remember that that bacalo rockalos yeah (laughs) bacalo rockalos yeah and also it has blindfold which kind of destroys the point (laughs) and noli has his arm back yes 
So, like, um, I really like it. I, I think it's funny that um, some of the older kids, like Maggot, who should probably be, like, 25, is now, like, 10. I know. Uh, <laughs> and um, I do like that, that you know, it's, it's it, I don't know, I just, it, it's, I like his art. And I think it's a really fun cover. Um, what do you guys think of the cover? Yeah, I like it, too. I like Best to part of the book. Best part of the book. <laughs> yes. So, as we... I don't know. End... <laughs> Go ahead. As we enter Britain's ranking world of Glob, um, we start with chickens, which are really good. They're probably the best drawn chickens I've seen outside of uh, <laughs> Why do we always talk about <laughs> birds on this podcast? I feel like every time we start a new book, it's like, oh, yeah, the team was fine, but those hawks flying in the sky were great. <laughs> we had that in, in, in Astonishing. I remember you guys talking about that. That's funny. It's because we have to find something positive to say. No, anyway. Um, right. So we have uh, Glob, the um, hero of everything, um, and the most important X-Men since Briston took over, um, sitting, feeding chickens, and then we have these horrible um, French twins um, be mean to him because they're evil and they're also a Briston creation. Then we have Armour... Um, tell them off and be nice to uh, Glob, who has named his chickens um, after Wolverine, one of them. (laughs) So, So, this probably is a coincidence, but anyone else see the white one is Hope and think Great White Hope and, I don't know, go down like a rabbit trail of, why is the white one named Hope? Um, (laughs) I hadn't thought about it, to be honest. But, but anyway, um, <laughs> but also our kids, and and to and to be really important, something really important. Our, uh, the X Men at the moment, the um, the two, two the two nasty uh, twins and uh, armor are in blue un- X Men uniforms. And obviously, Glob doesn't have one because why would we give Glob a uniform? Because he, you know, he's a really interesting visual, which is probably the only defining feature of his character. Um, and then oh, we move yeah. in, and then we move into the Inst- Summers Institute for Higher Learning. Or a prison camp. It's it's hard to tell if it is a school. <laughs> um, and we have a lot of different students. Um, obviously, Utopia, Gen- bitches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gentle's been DH as well. He's a uh, new reality. Oh, uh, I didn't even catch that was him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, in this new reality, um, you can be DH'd and it's fine. Um, and so everyone's wearing different colors. Green, orange, blue, red. They're having a little dis- discussion. And this is where we find out that um, Glob has been writing a screenplay or a book about like the real world. And this is where um, we have the horrible backtracking metatextual analysis of... Um, well, people criticize that in Uncanny X-Men uh, 1 to 10. So I'm just going to laugh it off as a joke in, in, this, um, in this horrible sequence of events that's happening right now. And um, Glob's the bully because that's who we're supposed to root for. And they're going to go have a party, but Anol and Bling sort of look at each other and they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to go to the party." And then we see the we see the different school sections. So we have the history department, uh, led by Madison Jeffries, who I always forget who he is, but he can make machines or something, right? And that's where um, Rockslide is. We have the medical department with uh, Cecilia Reyes, where they're dissecting people or operating on people. Right. With um, Anol is there. We have the agricultural department where um, Husk 
Uh, Surprise, X, she's still around. <laughs> Gen, Gen X connection. They're post and possibly my favorite group of. Because um, um, is that match? The purple one match? Because there was a kid that used oh. to have a fiery head called Match. But anyway, Shark Girl and. She is called Shark Girl. Right. I'm just made up. Shark Girl, Gentle, and Glob are all the agricultural students, or as I would call them, the, they've already been judged as not worthy enough to be an actual X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Civil Management. Um, run by, run by Sunfire. Isn't he known for having like a really hot temper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how that's a joke. That must be a joke, right? Anyway, um, yeah. So we have um, a guest speaker, right. which is come and, come and see this other book that Psylocke's in. Yeah. And do they clap? <laughs> do they all clap like like gay men snapping their fingers? Is that how they they clap? That's, an, clap? All, that's an all right beatnik thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that's where so, armor is. Yeah, it's like a, a, a class where you have to be a uh, what? Um, well, you get to actually be an X Man, right? Feels like civil service. Yeah, civil service, yeah, like, which is the actual X Men, right? Yeah, the field and agents. So, these are like all the so going back to the YA concept. These are all the different factions, right? That are people are assigned to with no agency or choice. Um, and you know, Dan, uh, as you mentioned, they all have each faction has a different color uniform. So that's how you can kind of know by looking at someone where they belong is what color they wear. Yes, and you must remember that each each faction to um, pander to fans has many different kid ca- characters in, so that someone somewhere will be like it was worth the three ninety nine because so and so is in the background there. Anyway, um. Then they go on, the kids are going to go on their little, like, have fun tour. Then there's a fire down the street. Uh, Armour and Pixie are like, you guys don't do anything because, you know what, you're all rubbish. And then the other kids are like, no, we'll just go anyway. And then <laughs> Porn Star Glob, Blob, Blah, Blah. Porn Star Blob has, like, wrestled Bling to the ground. And it's her third infraction as well. Um, and it isn't clear if she set fire, did she set fire to the building? Or was she caught kissing a girl? It's really hard to understand why she was there. Um, yeah, this is a also, point I want to touch on in a minute. Yeah, another person there was um, Anol, who um, is like, "Don't, don't tell anyone, Arma." And Arma's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Um, and just lets him run away. Glob looks at the Glob looks at the embers, and we consistently are told that Glob's important through visual metaphor. Um, then the Marvel X Men turn up uh, in a nice group shot. I do kind of the more I look at it, I, the more I like Nightcrawler's um, costume. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the fire's still raging. And then uh, it's sort of later that night. Armored comes to Glob because it's the only character that has any meaning in any way, shape, or form apparently in Armor's life. And they talk about what happened and. Um, Glob sets fire to his hand and wants to show her the truth, which I don't know if that's a sexual position or just, um, or, or I don't know. It's just really weirdly, no, right. So it's really weirdly put across visually. It almost turns into like a horror comic, which I know is supposed right. to be the, the thing. But you've been, the comic has been so heavily tailored to visually telling metaphor through his actions that having him at the end set fire to himself and then basically jump a girl. Um, it's such a weird turn of events. 
But yes, that's that, that was that was Gen Gen Next, the um, story of Glob. Hmm. There are two points I want to sort of talk about. One one is is Glob. So they they mention in here that he's never able to remember anything. Um, so either you know his mind has been wiped a number of times, or he's pretending to be so dumb because he has remembered, and he that that's the way I'm leaning towards. Is he's pretending to be right. dumb because he has remembered everything, and he's trying to figure out a way to like go back to the other universe. Uh, so, I mean, th- that's happening, I guess. I, whatever. But the, uh, the major thing I want to talk about is Bling and Anol, because when Glob, when porn star uh, Jordan D. White is holding uh, Bling on the lawn, <laughs> uh, he's like, uh-huh. don't, f- you know, don't let this be your, th- you know, you know what happens on your, your third uh, strike, which we saw... Bishop, on his third sort of relationship strike, was disappeared. So it lends me to think that Bling was in there doing something that was not necessarily like uh, violent, but more like, you know, emotional or or sexual or something, right? And the other person that we see jump out of there is Anol. And we know that both of these characters are not straight, and that one's a woman and one's a man. So... you have to start asking questions like, was this just like a safe house for those sort of people? They were found out, or did Briston decide to make them both straight so that he could play the, uh, you know, relationships are, are bad card in this book as well? I, I just don't understand what the point of that was and what it's trying to present here. Do you guys have any any thoughts on that? It's very confused. I've seen and heard a lot of different interpretations of what just happened there. It's like, like I said, I don't know if they've set the fire. Is that the reason they were attacked? Because they, or you know, because they've set fire to the place. But like you say, it's all about Blob's team. Sort of comes in when people have squishy feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. So, is it because I want to believe? I really want to believe it's just like a halfway house where anyone that just gets on with anyone lives there and it's just been raided but part of me really doesn't right. want to believe that they're together <laughs> so it's just... well I think the other thing that comes up so obviously when you have the whole I mean I have to think the decisions are, are at least being made somewhat consciously <laughs> Right. I mean uh, and so is, it, is this book taking it a step further that it's not just relationships that that Nate X is frowning upon, but is it is it even worse that the characters are gay? Does that make them even more of an outcast to the utopia? And that raises all kinds of weird questions that don't have good answers. Um, mm-hmm. needs that that needs to be addressed. It can't just be like fun. <laughs> it can't. Just it's too. Much, it's too much of a coincidence, right? Uh, yeah. To have. These two characters both on the run without saying why. So you, your mind automatically says, if you're not given a reason, you try to come up with a reason as a reader. That's what we do, right? When we're reading stories and we don't have reasons, we try to fill in the holes and we either find out we're wrong or right. Um, the only connection between the two, besides being mutants, is that they are both not heterosexual. And so you start going down the path of what's really being punished here. Um I don't know. I, it could be interesting, but it could also be very, very problematic. And depending on how it's handled, slash ignored, slash whatever. Um, I am so glad that Leah Williams is handling that book. Then, not Ted Brisson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Is all of the characters on there? Most of the characters on um, is it Department X? Is that what it's called? Uh, Extremist, right? All right. They're all most of them. The queer characters, aren't they? There's there's Bobby. There's Northstar. Um, the two yeah. most prominent or, gay men, or at least vague, right? Like Psylocke. Right. Um, yeah. He's kind of vaguely. I don't. Bisexual. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it's not that vague. Never mind. <laughs> I was, I was trying to think of how to like think of the whole fa- weird Phantom X thing. Um, but yeah, I guess it's more, more clear cut than the story made it feel. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but oh, I, I. Maybe they just like bolt. Maybe they just like bald kids. Maybe so. Maybe it's a hair thing. It's, it's all about the follicles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, the other, the but they love just... Glob, and he has zero hair. So I don't know. I'm assuming, you... Dan, from your distaste for Glob, that you're not reading Dead Man Logan. No, I'm not reading Dead Man. Because he, he's he's really fun in that book. So. Well, the thing is, I um, if he's good in that book and he's not written by Brisson, then I probably will read it. No, he um, is. He is. It is uh, Brisson as well. <laughs> the thing is, is like all I remember of, of, of Glob is that he sets himself on fire and chases after a school bus of kids. That was sort of one of his introductions. Oh yeah, stuff. I forgot about that. Oh boy, he was a he was a he was a he was a, he was a, he was a terrorist, and with with Quentin, um, obviously Quentin, right. they both bombed by now. But like he literally right. was. I've always found him more of a visual than than an actual right. character. And the only right. character they've seemed to make made him a. A gen the, the archetypal gentle monster um, character trait that he has. Um, he might as well get right. him painting and have him as like a second Colossus or um, Ben Grimm or uh, whatever. He's a, he's a lot more awkward than Colossus really ever was, though. No, no, it's it that's it's fair. It's, I find him one note, but I've yeah, not read. Yeah, that's right. No, it's it's understandable. I think he definitely relies a lot on the visual. I think whatever reason Brisson has latched onto him and is trying to give him some more defined character traits, but they've not necessarily always been there for sure. Um, what do you guys think of the art? I know we really enjoyed Toe on his on again, off again issues of X Men Blue. Did you guys like him here as well? I think the inking was made his art look really rough in. In places, I do like. Did he usually ink himself, or is this kind of a new thing? I don't. I remember. I can't remember if it is a new thing. It's just I remember the I remember the inking of his previous is a little little bit more um, softer. Yeah, it could just be a creative a creative choice. I just feel like it's very hard, and and there's quite a lot of ill-defined emotional um, acting with the characters. Like some of the panels are really nice, and it's coloured really well, which helps immensely, especially right. in the fire sequences. Um, but I wouldn't say it was like bad art at all. It's just yeah. it's, it's kind of like it tells its story. Yeah, I, I mostly enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I, I would say the the inking around the eyes, especially, uh, is too much. Uh, it it makes it difficult to to read emotions for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's all right. It's not it's not stand out for me, but it works. Right. I knew what do you guys think about the juxtaposition of the kids largely having been ignored and or physically harmed 
to mentioning that in Uncanny X-Men 1 through 10, like, hey, you guys always treat us like shit, to here being looking like the salvation of the story, like it's all going to kind of come about through the kids. What do you think that is too on the nose? Do you like it? What do you, what do you guys think about that? I'm just happy that they may actually get something to do. <laughs> um, rather, rather than just be killed on wallpaper I do like right. like some of the uncanny stuff I did like and, and it was, was the metatextual um, jokes about them not being used and when Brisson used them in this one to like sort of address the criticisms people had of uncanny I found them quite like more like backpedaling so, <laughs> it was all a joke please yeah, rub it. that did not but, rub but I do yeah. like to answer, you, to answer your question, I think the idea that children are our savior and are our future yes, is, is, a, a... is a powerful one, yeah. and it should be used as just much like you with, the, with Uncanny X Men, where you don't know if it's going to be good, or I just don't know if person has the power to do that because he did it in Sheltered, his his indie yes. book, um, which is and he fantastic. Could, it was awesome. Yeah, I like and, I like Sheltered too. Yeah, and I'm like, where is that? <laughs> like, where, where is that kind of like? Because um, I I don't know if he's he needs to sell the emotional state of 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 the kids before he can make them saviors. Essentially, I don't I don't have confidence in that happening. Right. Well, um, I'm going to continue my age of meh. I'm going to give this just a very Minuin, three out of six claws. Oh, the art was pretty good. The story was fine. There's nothing other than maybe some of the questionable choices that I, I'll kind of wait and see what happens. Um, there's nothing automatically negative about this, um, but there's nothing really necessarily great about it either. Um, so I'm I'm going to stick with my threes. Yeah, I'm right in the middle as well. But But it's a three out of six also that I don't care if i read the next issues or not i didn't feel hooked about (laughs) you know it it felt very meh as you said right yeah i think it's a very low free for me because it's got some really like confusing visual moments which don't really help tell its story in places Mm -hmm. so shambles do we think that every single every single one miniseries is going to have someone that betrays the core concept of the world because that feels like what's happening (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, there's got to be there's got to be someone who helps the reader identify this is messed up, <laughs> right? Because if you don't have that character, then you're almost endorsed. I don't know, maybe not, but I feel like that's a staple and a trope of these kinds of stories. There has to be there has to be the reader point of view that says that tells the reader this is wrong and this is how they're going to fix it. I don't know if the stories. I, I, there's probably a way to tell these types of stories without that. I don't think I, I don't know if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should have been amalgamated into a ten-part weekly series um, instead of instead of a five-month five month, five. <laughs> Odyssey. <laughs> it's just going to be five yeah. months. Oh, jeez. Well, it's five issues each. I don't know what the. I know, I know they're staggering the number ones, but I think some of the twos come out at the same time that the number ones and the rest of the number the ones also, come out. So. We're also taking all the X Men off the most of the X Men off the board for War of Realms for the summer. 
That's All why right. this, this, this continues through that. Oh, as well, like. okay. Because they only want the Uncanny team, don't they? Remember, it was like a year ago, they were like, hey, we're done with events for a while. <laughs> and now it's just like all events again, only events. That was that was the that was the old guard. They've been replaced now. They said that and got sub, sub immediately removed. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably, probably for saying that. <laughs> that's, that's I was like, what, we, what are we gonna sell? <laughs> no, no, back, back that train right back up. Um, <laughs> event, event, event. Um, yeah. <laughs> We got the Rob Liefeld event coming as well. The the the, the ex gunner or gunman X or whatever he's called. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> what is he called? A gun X General X Major X Major oh, X. That's right. <laughs> really? I Seriously, really really hope it. when he takes his mask off, he's uh, Damian Wayne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? It was Major Pain. That's, I hope oh. it's just a Major Pain spinoff. <laughs> Jesus. Damon Wayans. Damon yeah. Wayans. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, total tangent, but those those like preview images have been, wow, they have been something. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. But then he just did a variant cover to uh, Superman that was not bad. So, hmm. what are you, you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, I want everyone to be happy. I'm glad he can still make money and support himself. So, you know, carry on. Do your thing. Um, I suppose if you are bringing your entire company back into the 90s, you might as well bring Rob Liefeld with you. Right. Um, so, makes sense. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thank you guys very much. Um, I'm assuming that this is going to land either... Exactly at the same time, or right before, or right after uh, your next Scalbros episode, and I'm also assuming y'all talked about the end of Exiles on that. Yeah, we, yeah. we do talk about the end of Exiles, um, and you know, very I, cool. I, I, I shouted you out on Twitter a little bit, but you know, thank you very much for your recent episode covering the book. Uh, yeah. Not enough people talk about it, so cheers. Yeah, that was. I, I felt like I couldn't let it go softly into the night like it needed to be be championed a little bit more mm-hmm. and i know too late to change anything but i just wanted to get some thoughts out there but i'm really really looking forward to what you guys have to say about it so so listeners definitely be on the lookout for that um like i said either probably right around the time this is dropping yep yep you should, should be able to find that so um what else is going on uh, we are going to start uh, reading Generation X as well, um, since Exiles is finishing up. So you know that'll be our next uh, our next uh, foray into the Everyverse, um, and that's all on Marvel Unlimited, I believe, as well. So people can jump in and, and read along with us. Awesome, awesome. All right. And where can guys find you? Uh, Excalibur's one on Twitter is probably the easiest way to find find us and. Talk to us and tell us how much you love Glob and um, all that wonderful stuff. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill up your feed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, or you can just type us into Google because we actually come up now, and it's lovely when that happens because it makes it easier for for, for promotion. Nice. For sure. Yeah. Yep, and we're on all your you know um, podcast uh, listening apps of choice, so. 
look for us wherever those are sold. Very cool. Well, um, as usual for the podcast that goes snicked, uh, you can like the Facebook page, Twitter is at snickcast, all that fun stuff. Um, uh, by the way, I forgot to mention, um, hopefully everything sounds okay. I'm recording from my car. Um, <laughs> so, you know, by the way, Toyota, um, if you want to sponsor the podcast, I will start doing all my recordings from the car. Um, you know, just, just write me a little check, and I will show myself out for that. Um, but no, so, uh, yeah, Ethan has a baseball practice, and we're getting at the the busy time of the spring where like, I have to fight to keep the podcast going. But I really appreciate <laughs> appreciate you guys being flexible and, um, you know, kind of doing some, some out-of-the-norm with the podcast, but I'm very, very grateful to you guys for coming on. Always love talking to you guys. We always love being here. It's great fun. Very cool. We will talk again um, after another handful of uh, Age of X-Men books come out and uh, kind of see if if things stay on the trajectory we're expecting or if there's any surprises. Probably not. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Man, I mean, it's so soon negative today <laughs> but um it is what it is so awesome well thanks guys again and listeners until next time hugs and snicks and uh we will all talk again soon all right thanks bye. jason bye-bye all right see you guys and snacked <laughs>